Well, it's been three and a half weeks since I ran Grandma's Marathon on June 19th, and I've had some time to think, and I decided I would put down some of my thoughts and record a little episode about what I think happened and why I think it happened and what it means going forward. First of all, Grandma's is an awesome event. I would highly recommend Grandma's Marathon. Duluth, Minnesota is a really cool place. The course is beautiful. The event is very professionally done. High praise for Grandma's Marathon. So my goal for the race was to run 250. And I ran 259.58. Just got under three hours by two seconds. I was happy to finish, happy to be under three hours, uh, but I did not get very close to my goal of 250. So the question is, why did I not meet my goal? I've thought about this a lot, and I've come away with three conclusions, and I have one question. So I'm going to do the like 30-second overview of the outline here, and then I'll go back and explain each point. So the three conclusions I've made are this. Number one, I don't think I could have done anything differently in the race to have run any faster. I don't think I made any mistakes, basically. Um, Number two, I don't think I could have done much, if anything, differently in the two to three months before the race in training uh, to have helped myself been able to run much faster or significantly faster. And then the third conclusion is I think what I could have done differently would have been before the two to three months before the race. So so in that longer period of time leading up to the final two to three months is when I think I could have done a lot of things differently to to have been more prepared for the final two to three months. Um, And then the question I have is, if I had that bigger base leading up to the final two to three months, what um, would I have done differently or what could I have done differently in the final two to three months to have given myself a better chance? So, so back to the, uh, the first three conclusions or the opinions I have. Number one, um, I don't think I could have raced any differently to have run any faster. So what I mean is, well, first of all, basically here's what happened during the race. I ran great through 20 miles, and then the last six miles was a a gradual deterioration, and I just progressively got slower and slower each mile, Um, which is sounds like a common, just classic situation for a marathon, especially for your first one. So to give you a little idea here, my first um, so through 20 miles, I was on pace to run a 253 marathon. Um, but then I ended up running just under three hours. So, um, so the first 20 miles went relatively smoothly, especially the first, really the first 10 miles felt like a jog in the park, um, which is probably how it should feel. Um, Around the half marathon, started feeling a little pain in my knee, which 
kind of went away after a couple miles. Um, actually, I got faster from half the half marathon mark to the 20-mile mark. Um, I was four seconds per mile faster than I ran between 10K and half marathon. So I was feeling really good and strong. Um, definitely through about 18, probably 18 to 20, I started feeling like I was working for it a little bit, but was still holding my pace. Um, and then, yeah, so after 20 miles, um, it was interesting. I, you know, I don't know if I would say I hit the wall necessarily. It was kind of a gradual increase in very uh, acute muscular pain. So it started in my right hip flexor, uh, started hurting to lift my knee up, um, in my hip. It kind of spread to my groin and around to my glutes, uh, my foot, just kind of all over, just a creeping, just kind of sharp pain in different places that uh, just kind of made me grind to a jog by the end of the race. And so um, after 20, so through 20 miles, I had averaged uh, 6.37 um, per mile. Um, and then between 20 and 24, I averaged 7.26. And then the last two miles, I averaged 8.10. And then pr probably the last mile or half a mile, I was probably doing like slower than nine minute pace. I mean, I was barely, barely moving, just trying to avoid walking at that point. So back to my point to say that I, I don't think I could have done anything differently to avoid that. You know, one thought I had was, well, you know, looking at my pace on paper, how I slowed down, what if I would have just started out slower could I have avoided that drop-off at the end? And it's possible it that might be the case, but my gut feeling is that if I would have gone out slower, that just means that I would have been out there for longer. By the time I got to 20 miles, instead of having run for two hours and 12 minutes, I would have had run for, you know, I don't know. Um, I think it would have just, I think what happened to me after 20 miles was going to happen no matter what pace I was running. Um, I don't think slowing down would have helped because I think my goal of 250 was the right goal, theoretically. I think I just wasn't prepared to go that distance at that pace muscularly. Um, and I, I don't think the pace had anything to do with it. The aerobic intensity, I don't think is what caused me to slow down. I think it was just the duration of being on my feet and the the muscle fibers just literally wearing out is what it felt like. Um, I could be wrong. Again, this is just my kind of gut feeling here. Um, another point to that is the fueling, oddly, was fine and not that big of a deal. Uh, it's kind of ironic because I think through all these episodes I've made, I've made the biggest deal about the the nutrition and the fueling uh, more so than anything else. I mean, I ask everybody about, you know, the ability to burn fat and fueling strategies. And I thought that was going to be the, the, you know, the biggest deal or the biggest limiting factor for me. I ended up using UCAN um, gels and they worked great. Um, so no complaints there. I mean, I took, I think I had, 
four or five of them. I took them like every uh, 30 or 45 minutes during the race with some water. So I don't know. That's another, that probably deserves its own separate discussion with somebody who's more of an expert. The question of, was I actually running out of glycogen and that's what caused or, you know, led to the onset of this, of the muscular pain I had? Or was I, was I good on fuel and it was just pure mus- muscular fatigue, not fueling related? Um, so I didn't, I didn't write that as a question I had, but now that I'm thinking about it, that is a pretty big question. So I felt like the fueling went fine. Um, I didn't feel like I was just getting tired or running out of energy at the end of the race. It felt more like it was just these very specific muscular breakdowns that were causing me to slow down. Um, but I don't know how much of that was fueling related. Um, could have been not sure. So anyways, if I would gone out slower, I think I would have probably still slowed down and probably ran the same time overall or close to it. Um, I think I just wasn't prepared to be out there for that long in a race situation. So like I was saying, I think my goal of 250 was right. And the reason my goal was 250 was that was based on a 5K and a half marathon I had run. I did a 5K in March. I did a half marathon in May. And just the times of the results I posted there, you know, if you look at the, the charts of equivalent race times across different distances they both pointed to around 250 or like low 250s you know 252 so i just kind of made a round number goal of 250 so i don't think those were i think my aerobic fitness did allow for a 250 marathon i just don't think i had the muscular endurance built up to actually execute a 250 So, and like I said, the race went great. I mean, I didn't go out. I went out exactly on pace through 10K. I was averaging 630, which is exactly almost 250 pace. I did slow down uh, between 10K and half marathon. I averaged 642 between 10K and 13.1. And then, like I said, between 13.1 and 20, I actually got faster and averaged 638s through that stretch. So the way I felt at 20 miles and how easily I was able to get through just at that pace makes me feel like aerobically I was in great shape or, you know, good enough shape to run 250 or 252 or something. Um, So I don't think it was a matter of needing to be faster or have better aerobic fitness. I don't think, um, again, just personal opinion here. Uh, all right. So that was the first point is I don't think I did anything wrong during the race. Second point is I don't think I could have done much differently, um, in my specific marathon training phase. Um, you know, the final two to three months leading up, I don't think I could have done that much different there are things I could have done differently, but I don't think they would have made a significant difference in my performance. I think, like I said, my aerobic ability was kind of um, fixed at that point. And the last two to three months, I think was just going to be a 
a matter of doing the stuff to be able to um, endure the duration of the race. I'll explain a little more what I mean by that in the next point. But basically, I think my potential was fixed, um, which means I think starting, you know, when you start your specific marathon buildup, so to speak, um, I think for me, my potential was fixed at that point when I started. And I just had to do the things in the final two or three months to get myself ready to fulfill that potential. And I could have probably changed a few things, but again, I don't think, I think it's too late in the game at that point to drastically change your potential in the marathon. I think your potential in the marathon is kind of set earlier on, um, further out from the race, and then the final weeks are just actually putting the fin- the pieces together to be able to f- to realize that potential. So how it went for me was um, I don't think I could have changed much because so in early April I had gotten my I finally got my long run up to 20 miles and after my first 20 miler I was kind of trashed for the next week Um, and that sort of set in motion this vicious cycle of you know, focusing on a long run on the weekend and wanting to hit it really well, but then not being able to do as much work the following week uh, throughout, you know, the middle of the week as I normally would want to. Um, So it was kind of this peak and valley pattern of, you know, trying to rest up or be prepared to run a good solid long run on the weekend. And then, that long run takes so much of a toll that um, it takes too long to recover and the midweek workout is kind of lackluster or sometimes just canceled altogether. And I think, like I said, I don't think there's anything I could have done to stop that because I just wasn't, I wasn't properly conditioned to, to handle that any better than I did. Um, and I also don't think it would have made much a difference if I would have run shorter long runs and had better workouts during the week. Um, I think it's a trade-off there, but I, I think um, I don't think making that trade-off would have helped that much. I personally felt like the long run should have been prioritized, so I don't think I necessarily made a mistake there. So anyways, the whole, the point here is I started my specific marathon phase sometime in early April or late March, and my ability to to handle and recover from those longer runs, um, it was what it was. I wasn't. I I had the ability to recover only from so much at that point, and if I was just to try to even do more and push the envelope, I probably would have fallen into some kind of you know, chronic fatigue type situation and, you know, gotten into a a really deep rut. So in order to keep the training going, I had to take so much recovery. Um, So basically what it looked like on most weeks was I would do a long run or some kind of really long workout, like either just a 20 or 21 mile long run with some kind of up-tempo segment at the end of it. Um, 
and then I'd usually try to get in a workout on Wednesdays where, um, and that varied a lot. Sometimes it was like eight by a thousand meters at threshold. Um, or I think the biggest midweek workout I did was like three by three miles. Um, and then the following Saturday I did a, you know, 20 mile run. And then I was really, I, that, that kind of set me back for the, for the next week. I was, uh, pretty tired. Um, so the weekends would be either just a long run, a long steady run, or, you know, not as long, but some kind of big volume interval type session. Like I did a four by five K, um, or like three by three miles with then something else on the track added onto it or something like that. So I did pretty standard stuff. Um, I didn't get too creative, but again, it was uncharted territory for me. And I knew that going in, I knew that it was an unknown as to how I was going to be able to handle the new type of work, like the long runs and the longer intervals. So I was, I, I wasn't surprised that, um, I wasn't able to stick to, you know, an exact schedule written eight weeks before or anything. I knew it was uncharted territory. So I was okay with it. I just kind of rolled with the punches and did what I was able to do. Um, but anyways, to sum this up, the point was I I think it it would be easy to look back at those final 10 to 12 weeks and say, oh, well, I just should have done more during those final preparation weeks to be more prepared uh, or whatever, but <laughs> I really, I needed to back up more than that and say, okay, what could I have done to be more prepared to do the actual marathon training and being able to, and be able to recover from it? And which brings me to my third conclusion, uh, which I've already kind of mentioned here, is that basically what I needed, what could have made a difference was a bigger base um, going back to next year, going back to last year, um, or, you know, a bigger fundamental phase or a bigger uh, preparation phase, whatever you want to call it. I needed more time going back, you know, to last year at this time, really laying a good foundation so that I would have been able to handle the specific training better. Um, and just for a little context here, um, I didn't just start running out of nowhere last year, uh, 2020. So I'm 33 years old. I ran in college, you know, I graduated 2010. Um, so I ran for a small division two school, um, and I was nothing special. I was pretty average. Um, so I ran like 156 for 800, did 401 for the 1500, um, which were kind of my best events. And then I got slower as the events got longer. Um, I did one 5k on the track, which I didn't really train specifically for the 5k, but I did one 5k in 1606. Um, and then cross country, I did like, you know, I think 28, uh, 50 or something for 8k and 34, 30 for 10k cross country. So I was, Basically, by the end of my college career, I was like a decent, I would have like the equivalent of a good high school runner. <laughs> um, but I pr improved a lot during college because I was really nothing special in high school. So I had a lot of room to improve. So anyways, so since for the last 10 years since college, I've kind of gone through this cycle of 
uh, wanting to stay in shape, maybe running, training for a race in the fall, you know, so kind of like six months on and then, you know, six months off type of a cycle um, throughout the past 10 years. So I've never completely lost, you know, 100% of my fitness. I've I've always tried to hold on to it, but I've never been super consistent for more than like eight or 10 months. So anyways, that's to give you a little idea of my background, that's where I'm coming from. So, you know, going back to last year, 2020, I had, uh, I actually did a half marathon in February of 2020 and I ran like just under an hour and 21 minutes. And that was right before COVID stuff uh, started hitting. And when everything got shut down, um, I really didn't run much at all for about six months. So I was just getting, by the time I started this podcast was actually when I really started uh, running again consistently. So I ran pretty good through the fall. Um, I signed up for this marathon back in the fall. I guess the point here is that was not a good foundation to build off of training for a marathon this past June. So another interesting um, question related to this is um, this idea of, you know, periodizing your training. So one question you could ask here is, well, you know, I signed up for this marathon in October of 2020. You know, I had like eight months to train for it. The question of like, how do you split up that eight months? Should it have been like one just long, slow progression of trying to build up my long run and you know, basically eight months of specific marathon training. Or if you go back to episodes uh, three and six of this podcast, uh, talking to Pete Ray, episode three, and Nate Jenkins in episode six, they both had similar opinions on this, which is, you know, you don't need that big of a block of specific marathon training if you're in pretty good shape to begin with. They kind of... Uh, suggest being in really good shape for like 5Ks and 10Ks first and then spending, you know, 8, 10 weeks uh, really honing in on, you know, marathon training. And that's really, I bought into that. Um, and that's kind of the approach I took. I still think in theory it it makes sense, but I think the problem for me personally was I wasn't going to be able to get into really good 5K, 10K shape that quickly. So I, I followed that kind of model, but I don't. I think I misapplied it to myself because going back to the big point here is needing a bigger base. I think I needed more time just doing general aerobic running, getting more of a foundation laid before I was going to be able to um, have really good specific... 5K or 10K fitness. So I think looking back, what I could have done differently was just start, you know, a year ago, like last summer, spending a solid three or four months just, you know, getting consistent, getting some basic aerobic running and some basic, you know, raw speed and raw strength work and just kind of building the blocks that I would need to do more specific stuff later. So I kind of rushed a, a kind of 5K training program in during the winter 
um, which was probably just a small version of what it could have or should have been. So the other way of thinking about this needing a bigger base would be just starting from last summer or fall or whenever from further out and just doing focusing on marathon type work, just like really long runs, longer intervals, um, getting the overall volume up. So I think either way you think about it, whether you split it into distinct phases, like, uh, you know, 5K training, then marathon training, or just a longer stretch of easy running plus marathon training. I think either way would have been fine, probably. Um, So I don't think it's that I split up the, you know, the different segments wrong or anything. I think I just didn't start early enough. I think it's that simple, really. Um, cause like I said, I got to April and was running 20 miles for the first time and I just wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared for that. And it just kind of, um, it just set me back or didn't set me back. I just wasn't able to execute. Basically, I just, I just wasn't prepared to, to handle that physically. Um, and I wasn't able to absorb it and move on to more work within a few days. And I wasn't able to keep the ball rolling very smoothly. So to sum up here, I, I think I needed a bigger foundation. I needed, I probably needed to have um, gotten my long run up in the 18 to 20 mile range earlier, um, just at an easy pace. Like if I had been running 18 and 20 milers um, semi-regularly going back to last fall and into the winter, by the time I got to you know March, April, May, I would have been able to handle, one, handle that distance much um, more easily. I would have been adapted to running that long, and I would have been able to add quality within those long runs much more easily, Um, as opposed to what happened to me, is I I got the long run up to that point too late, so it was too much new stimulus, um, you know, too late in the game. So on the one hand, I was just running that volume at all for the first time, um, which is a new stimulus and it's a new stress load. Just running 20 miles at any speed, any pace is just a new thing and it's a new big training load. And then to also add, you know, quality elements within long runs is a, a new component of uh, stress on top of that. So so basically the the whole point is here I I needed more time. Um I don't think there's any shortcut to get to where I needed to be to be ready to handle 20 plus mile long runs and other long interval and tempo type runs that I wanted to do. I just needed more time to uh to work up to that to be ready for it. Um, so those are the three conclusions I've come to. And I'm not trying to lay down your universal rules for everybody here. This is just my gut feeling based on my personal experience. So that leads to the one question I have, um, which is if I had built up that bigger foundation earlier, going back to last year, then having done that, what should a specific uh, period or the specific marathon training cycle look like? And first of all, let's let's just assume 
I'm taking the approach of the distinct phases, uh, which in this case I think would look like, um, you know, say three or four to six months of just solid general easy running some maybe some hill sprints or some strength work and just like some easy long runs just nothing um creative or you know nothing super intense or um just a period of just getting in general good shape um and i i guess i should note here i'm specifically talking about me in my personal situation last year after coming off a big break. So this question would not really apply so much to someone who's already in shape going into like marathon training. I'm specifically talking about my situation. I had taken basically six months off, um, you know, and so in that scenario, what should this have looked like? So I would say, you know, coming in off a, off a time off, um, spending a good long amount of time, several months of just basic running, just to get those pathways open back up, just to get the muscles readapted to running, and you know, adapting to the fatigue that comes with running six or seven days a week. So, just a good basic general fitness period, and then hitting that really specific like that threshold work and um, like getting in some 5k 10k race shape and in that period actually getting your long run up to like 18 or maybe some 20 mile runs in there so really spend some time in those separate zones and then build off of that um, so the question is if I had gone taken the time to do that um, then what should the specific phase look like in that case? And specifically, I'm kind of thinking of two options, of two basic approaches here. I'm not wondering, like, you know, each week what should each workout be. I'm kind of stepping back and saying, okay, if I had taken the time to build a good foundation, um, I'm kind of choosing between two approaches from that point. And those two approaches I'm thinking of are what I've already alluded to, like the what I did, which was on a smaller scale, what I call the peak and valley pattern, which is like really prioritizing the long run, you know, every week or every two weeks or whatever, and then prioritizing that so that you literally, by definition, can't do as much in between work as you would with a lesser long run. So I'm calling that peak and valley, you know, peak meaning, uh, you know, highly um, costly long run um, that takes a long time to recover for, then coming down to the valley and taking more easy days in between quality work. And that also can mean less volume overall, especially on the easy days as you recover from that big long run. And then the other approach, um, the other option would be to have more what you could call condensed training or um, level load training where you don't have these huge swings between days in terms of like, you know, one big volume day and then the next day you're only running three miles easy. It would mean more like every day is... um, tighter and more packed in as far as the volume 
so you, there's not as much variation between days in terms of volume, and there's not as much variation between, um, you know, what it takes to recover from a long run versus other workouts. So in this case, the long runs wouldn't be as taxing, um, and that would allow you to do bigger workouts in between your long runs. It would allow you to do faster, longer intervals in between your long runs. So those are kind of the two um, approaches I'm wondering about when I'm asking what, you know, should a specific marathon phase look like if you're actually prepared to do it. And, and, and I'm not... I'm not asking, you know, which one is right and which one is wrong, because I think they both work. Um, but I think the question is just which one is best. And that's probably a very individual answer. Um, and it may be a wash, you know. it could They could both work um, just the same equally. I don't know. Um, a couple episodes ago, talking to Ben Rosario, um, he actually spoke to this. And his approach lately if I understood him right, is that he'll take the more condensed approach earlier on in a marathon segment, like the first uh, few weeks, and then starting maybe, say, like six weeks out or so from a marathon race, he'll enter into more of a, a, you know, quote, peak and valley type phase where they prioritize the long run and take the easier stuff, the stuff during the week a little easier so that they can be ready to do another big uh, hard long run workout that's going to be more of a marathon simulation workout that's the question i have is uh which would be the better approach because definitely what i did was sort of the peak and valley where i i i made a conscious decision to prioritize my long run um which i felt was was right for me because I didn't have much of a recent history of really long runs. And I just figured, well, the marathon is a really long run, so I better get some really long runs in to be somewhat ready. Versus if I had, for the past year, done, you know, anywhere from like 16 to 18, 20 miles, most weekends, I may have not needed that many longer runs over 20 miles? I don't know. That's that's kind of the question here. Because I know a lot of people never really run more than 20 miles uh, training for a marathon, and they're fine with it. But I, I felt the need to get um, longer runs in. I actually only... The longest run I did was only 22 and a half miles. Going into it, I was liking the idea of getting that higher, you know, in the 24 to 27-mile range. I just I just wasn't able to get it up that high but so that's the question I have I guess I'll I'll finish off with kind of looking ahead to the future to continue this question is what would be the right approach now having been through this if I wanted to run another marathon sometime in the future um cuz one approach you know at this point would be just turn right around build off what I've done and do another uh, specific marathon cycle of training, you know, say this late summer or fall to run like a fall marathon and try to do, you know, more of what I wasn't able to do this past time around. I actually don't feel like doing that. Um, 
So back to what I was saying about thinking that your potential for the marathon is is kind of set before you even get into that last two to three months. And and what I mean by that is I think ultimately your your um, aerobic fitness in terms of VO2 max and anaerobic threshold are what are going to dictate to a degree what time you can run for a marathon. So once you've, you know, got those to a certain point, the last two to three months or whatever, you know, you want to call it your specific phase is really about just being able to extend the the muscular endurance to be able to, you know, sustain your theoretical marathon pace for 26 miles and then getting the fueling under control and all that. So, so I, and what I'm thinking about now is going back and kind of really going back to basics and just trying to get faster um, first before revisiting the marathon. So really um, taking a much bigger swing at improving my VO2 max and my threshold. Um, and really even before that, <laughs> stepping back and just getting literally stronger and faster, um, like really just working on my raw speed. Because, I mean, getting into my mid-30s, I'm still young, and I think I can get faster, but I think getting faster is going to start becoming harder and harder to do with age, whereas I think the longer aerobic capacity is not relatively as hard to maintain and improve with age. So um, I really I like the idea of going back and just trying to get faster and stronger and just more durable in order to be able to handle the type of training it's going to take to get more aerobically fit in terms of VO2 max and um, lactate threshold, anaerobic, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that could look something like, you know, spending the rest of this summer and early fall just doing like, um, you know, some short hill sprints and some sprint work. And that could involve weights, which I probably won't do. But um, just trying to get faster and maybe train for like a one mile race or something like that, which would be fun. And then, you know, spend the rest of the fall and winter just doing a lot of that basic kind of standard, um, you know, 5k to half marathon type training and just spend the long, give that its due, um, give that its due diligence. And then maybe sometime next year, think about signing up for another marathon. So Anyways, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, all of this could change, but uh, after having done the marathon and having some time to reflect, those are my thoughts at this point. But I thought it'd be fun to just do a little episode, a little monologue episode, um, sharing my experience. But uh, I am working on getting some more interesting people on here to interview, so stay tuned for that. But... Uh, Yeah, in the meantime, thanks for listening.